Welcome to the Sermon of the Week. Before you begin listening, let me pray that you would encounter God right where you are. Father, I ask that your Spirit would be present wherever people are listening. May they be aware of your presence and receptive to the voice of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you as you listen to this week's message.
couple of days ago, I had a dream. I don't have a lot of dreams that are significant at all, but I had a dream. And in this dream, I was leading this old, old chorus. There's probably about two or three people that are old enough to remember this chorus, but a lot, some of you younger ones maybe have never heard it. It's very simple. And it just says, Spirit of the living God, Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. And I just want you to sing this. This is basically our prayer. This is our prayer before we begin. But it's also our prayer when we end. How about that? <clears throat> Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. Help me, mold me, fill me, use me, Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. Thank you, Lord. That's our prayer today, Lord. Father, do it. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Come, Lord. You know, it occurred to me after that dream that Luke chapter 1 would just not really be anything without the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's a major person in Luke chapter 1. It's interesting. It was written by uh, Luke who wrote the book of Acts. And guess what? The Holy Spirit is a major person in the book of Acts, it's not really the Acts of the Apostles. It's really the Acts of the Holy Spirit or the Acts of the Holy Spirit through the Apostles. So don't miss the Holy Spirit in this. The baby leaped. I mean, frankly, the, when you read the Word of God, you've got to ask some questions. Sometimes you should look at things and say, how in the how did that happen? I don't get it. Dig. Ask some questions. The baby leaped. It says it twice in this passage we're going to read. But guess what? I can't figure out how that could happen. Hey, uh, I came with my traditional black uh, prop bag. But, but, but guess what? L Linda Rogers surprised me with an early Christmas present. She, she didn't know I was speaking today. But it says, Pastor Jim's proper prop bag. <laughs> There's a little dig there. She, she, she didn't like that black garbage bag, you know. There's a proper prop bag. How about that? Well, anyway, I, and I might revert to my garbage bag every once in a while, but I'm going to use this one when I can. But think about it. A baby leaped. Think about it. So first of all, a newborn baby. Newborn baby, you put it down, and guess what? It's going to be right where you put it. Never, it's not, nothing happens. It can't leave. It can't even move. Just, you know, that's, that's it. And then a little later on, it can turn over and you say, oh, whoa. You know, uh, whatever her name, Sally, we'll call it. Sally turned over. Wow, it's a big event. And then pretty soon, she, she can crawl. That's a cool thing. And there, then eventually, after falling a number of times, she can stand up. But it's a long time before Sally can jump, can leap. I mean, you have to be, I don't know, two years old or so. But see, the weird thing about this, this passage, oops, I'm sorry. <laughs> you need to pray for Sally. I don't know if she's going to make it through this, uh, this, this thing here. Oh, boy. But the weird thing is about this is that Sally not Sally, in this case, John, wasn't even born yet. And yet he leaped. Do you see how like impossible that is? But see, one of the verses in this section, and we're not going to actually cover that verse, with God, nothing shall be impossible. Amen. So the impossible can happen. But frankly, if I was Elizabeth, John's mom, I think it would hurt like anything 
to have somebody leap six months into the pregnancy. Are you with me in that? Now, I've never got to experience it myself, but I mean, it just sounds like that would be, that would be hard. The baby leaped. Isn't that something? Now, another thing we're going to see in this section is it never says, hear me on this, it never says the fetus leaped. It says the baby leaped. Help us, Lord, to regain biblical perspectives because it wasn't a fetus, whatever in the world that is. It was a baby. Preborn or afterborn, it's a baby. How about that? Wow, incredible. Well, so it starts in verse 5, where we're going to look. It says, In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah, and he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. There's a couple really significant things here. First of all, and this is going to be interactive. Our, our sermons are not interactive enough. Any of you agree with me? Okay, so why was it that Luke decides to add a historical reference about Herod? Why was that? So, <laughs> see, I'm going to ask a lot of questions during this message, and most of the time I'll answer them myself. So, <laughs> if you don't speak up, I will. <laughs> so, the Greek gods and the Roman gods were myths. And they had Zeus, and they had Mars, and Neptune, and Aphrodite, and all these things. Cupid, I kind of like that. But they had all these gods, but it was just myths. They kind of fell from heaven. They, they had human vices. They had all kinds of things. But here's Luke. He says, hey, this is history. This is not myth. This is not fable. And he says a couple verses earlier, I interviewed the eyewitnesses. Eyewitnesses, people that actually were there, people that actually saw it, not hearsay. Talk to Robert Whitlow about hearsay. It doesn't work in a court of law. So here's the evidence. Here's the history. Here's when it happened. History. He saw himself as a historian, among other things. And here's two really amazing points. So Zachariah was a priest, okay? We know that. But look about look about. Elizabeth, she was from the daughters of Aaron. You know what? She was a priest too. How about that? She was a priest too. Aaron was a priestly tribe. Now, this is really important. Don't miss this. So, Zechariah had the badge that said, I am a priest. Elizabeth had the anointing to be a priestly person. I don't really care about your badge. Good or bad or whatever. I care about the annoying. I care about your function. I care about what you're really doing, you see. And, and Elizabeth was anointed, among other things, to bring John the Baptist into the world. That's a pretty cool calling, huh? So anyway, people are always asking, well, do you, do you think women can be ordained? And I say, yeah, Jesus ordained them in John chapter 15. He says, I've ordained you, and I've called you to bear fruit. Now, that, you may have a badge, you may, might, might not have a badge. I don't really care. But I do care, are you bearing fruit? Wow. Zechariah and Elizabeth, they were a priestly couple. You know, First uh, Peter chapter 2, verse 9 says, we're all priests. How about that? We're a priesthood of believers. That's an incredible thing. This clergy mentality has got to stop, you know, because you're the clergy. You know, you're the you're called. You're the priest. Wow, help us, Lord. Wow, we could just spend the whole time on this first slide. <laughs> and look at this, verse 6 and 7. They were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord. Wow. But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren and both were advanced in years. <laughs> So many things right here. They were righteous. And we have this mentality. We really do. If you are righteous, if you do all the right stuff, if you check all the right boxes, everything's going to go great for you. Any of you ever thought like that? That's, that's what was happening in the book of Job. His friends said, you must have done something terrible for this to happen to you. No. They were righteous. 
They were walking with the Lord. They were doing the right stuff. But, well, <laughs> if the truth were told, if we had more time to be interactive, and I could take this microphone throughout the audience, you know, I, I, I could say, uh, what is your but? Oh, I'm blessed by God. I'm blessed and highly favored. But most of us, probably all of us, have some kind of but. Mm. God wants to deal with our butts today, huh? <laughs> you might want to kick your butt, too. That's, an, that's, a, that's another message. <laughs> but they had no child because Elizabeth was barren and both were advanced in years. Wow. God's been dealing with me a lot lately and really a lot of this year about barrenness. If you're dealt with human physical barrenness, my prayers go out with you. That's a hard, difficult thing. But I'm talking about spiritual barrenness. You see, we're supposed to bear fruit. We're supposed to go forth and multiply and replenish the earth. We're supposed to have converts and disciples and, and, and an impact on people. But sometimes we feel we're barren. God, where's the fruit? Where's the harvest? Where is it at? And so they were barren. Mm. And, and not only were they barren, but it says they were both advanced in years. I have a friend named Charles, and he used to always get in my case when I was saying, I'm really old. I'm really old. And he says, quit saying that. Quit saying you're old. And so I changed it. I said, I'm just advanced in years. <laughs> and so, Bill, we are just advanced in years. Hallelujah. Yeah, so, so don't look down on us. We're just more advanced than, than some of you. Isn't that something? So we're more advanced. That's, that's a good thing. Well... What happens next? <clears throat> now, while he was serving, this is what Zechariah was serving as priest before God when his division was on duty, according to the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by lot to enter into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. Okay, you might have just totally missed this when you read this verse. But what do you see here? He was serving. Is that a good thing? How many of you think that's serving? That's a good thing, right? Okay. He was doing his duty. That, that good thing? Sometimes you can do your duty. Yeah, that's a good thing. Yeah. Mom always taught me to do my duty. According to the custom, you know, there's customs that were in place, and he was following the customs. That's a good thing. And he was chosen by lot. But you know, one thing that was missing in all this stuff like that? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. It's good to do your duty. It's good to follow the customs. It's definitely good to serve. But sometimes we're serving and we're barren. We're faithful, but we're barren. We're faithful and unfruitful. We're, and, and so here they are. Here he is. He's going through the motions of, of, of all the priestly things. I, I'm doing the customs. I'm doing the things. I'm doing what I'm told. I'm doing my duty. But sometimes we're doing our duty and the joy is gone. The anointing is gone. The fulfillment is gone. Oh, Lord. And so here he is. I mean, on the, on the, on the bad side, he's just going through the motions. On the good side, you know what? He showed up. <laughs> And you showed up today. Hallelujah. I want to applaud you. You know, I'm not going to give a hard time to the people that didn't show up. I'm just going to give a hard time to you. But, uh, <laughs> but, but showing up's important. It really is. But we need to show up with expectation that, Lord, I need your help to do this. L let me tell you this. 2024 is coming. All right? If you only do... In 2024, what you can do in your own strength, it will be a very unfruitful year. It will. You need the Holy Spirit. You need the anointing of God. You need his direction and his empowerment. You do. You really do. Otherwise, you're just going to be going through the motions. It's going to be an unfruitful time. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I feel like stopping and praying. It's about time for revival here. We haven't even got to the baby leaping part yet, but I got, I've been planning this message for weeks, and all of a sudden I decided to look and said, I wonder when the next leap year is. 
Guess when the new next leap year is? 2024. We get extra day, extra time. But I believe it's because it's going to be a year of leaping forward. It's going to be a year of progress. It's going to be a reversing barrenness and making it blessing. Thank you, Lord. I believe that's going to happen. Thank you, Lord. Leap year. Wow. Don't miss the leap. <laughs> and there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing on the right of the altar of incense. I got so excited when I saw this. I never really thought of this before. The, the, the vision and mission of, of Mission Community Church can be seen. This is a little bit of a sidetrack, but it's so important. Here's where he was. See there? That's the holy place. So what was in the holy place? Here's the golden lampstand. What is that? The word of God is a lamp into my feet and a light into my path. It's the word of God. That's what it represents. And there was the altar of incense. What's that represent? Prayer and worship. Prayer and worship going up before God. So there's the word. There's the spirit. And I never thought much about the table of showbread. What is that? But it turns out that there were 12 loaves of bread put on there, and it represented the 12 tribes of Israel. So guess what we got here? We have the word, we have the spirit, and we have community. Hallelujah. Mission Community Church did not make it up. <laughs> God has planned this for a long, long time, that we would be a church of the word, the spirit, and community. Wow, isn't that amazing? Way back then, you know, that's, it's pretty incredible. <laughs> and then this is, this is cool too. The angel said to him, do not be afraid. Isn't that crazy? Angels always show up, scare the bejeebers out of you, and they say, don't be afraid. That, it's like, boo, and you, you oh, don't be afraid. You know, I don't know, it's just, it's, there's a lot of funny stuff in here before we get done. Don't be afraid, Zachariah, for your prayer has been heard. Think about that for a second. Why is that significant? One of the most <laughs> significant parts about it is it doesn't say your prayers have been heard. Huh? Your prayer has been heard. That's interesting. I mean, most of us, we probably have a long list of prayers. Your prayer has been heard. But Zachariah knew exactly what he meant. And I think if I could, again, if I could interview you, I could say, hey, Randy, hey, Ann, hey, Autumn, hey, Debbie, hey, George, you know. If I'd say, what is, I say, your prayer has been heard. For most of us, we have a prayer that is of the utmost importance. And that's the truth in this case, too. L let me continue that verse. Do not be afraid, for your prayer has been heard. And your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. That was what he's longing for. But see, he'd been waiting a long time. One of the key things in this whole passage is the word disappointment. Sometimes we're disappointed with God. You know, like, we're righteous. We're doing our duty. We're doing what we should. But we got this prayer that still hasn't been fulfilled. And we're, we're going through the motions. We're doing the stuff. But this prayer hasn't been heard yet. And here's this promise. You're, you're going to have a son. His, his name's going to be John. Wow, that's incredible. And look, look what it says about John. I, I cut out another verse that's fantastic. It says, he will be great. How about that? You parents, one of the themes of 2024, at least in my mind, and I think at MCC, is going to be revival in the homes. Parents imparting the spirit of God, the blessings of God, the vision of God to the kids, to the next generation. So do you have a vision that your kids will be anointed and great? Look what it says about John the Baptist. He will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. Man, that's powerful stuff. See, they're, they're just repeating Malachi chapter 4 and 3 and, and uh, 
Isaiah 40, it's talking about there will be a forerunner. You know, the Messiah is going to come, but before the Messiah, there's going to be a forerunner. And guess what? This is, boy, this gives me goosebumps. We're called to be a John the Baptist, Elijah kind of company. Because Jesus is coming again. And he's looking for people that once again will prepare the way. And what did, what did John the Baptist do to prepare the way? He called people to repentance, and he proclaimed Jesus, the Lamb of God, who will take away the sin of the world. Brothers and sisters, we got a calling to prepare the way. You say, oh, Jesus is coming soon. Yeah, he is, but he's calling you and me to prepare the way to prepare the ground, to call people to repentance and to point to Jesus as the Lamb of God. He's calling us to prepare the way just like this. And this thing about Elijah, boy, I could get off on a sidetrack about that. Elijah called a whole nation to repentance. He said, if God is God, serve him. If Baal is God, serve him. you got to choose. We live in a time when our nation is in that same kind of place. Do you really want to serve the Lord, or do you really want to serve all kind of other stuff? Help us, Lord. So, it's up to us. Are we going to be like Elijah, like John the Baptist? It's a tough calling, you know. John the Baptist, I don't want to burst your bubble or anything. John the Baptist got beheaded in the end, you know. That's that's the end of that story. (laughs) So, you know, it's a tough deal out there. Well, and Zacharias said to the angel... How will I know this? I'm an old man, and my wife is advanced in years. Like, I'm old, and have you seen her lately? I mean, geez, you know. Uh, that's kind of my paraphrased version, you know. <laughs> and the angel answered, I'm Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. I was sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. Isn't that interesting? Gabriel, he says, I'm in the presence of God. Here's the deal. I don't know if I can do this without falling on my face, but see, if you're in the presence of God, you have a different perspective. Gabriel had a different perspective. He said, I've been in the presence of God. I have a word for you. Zachariah, he's looking at it from an earthly perspective. He says, man alive, we haven't had a kid all these years. Probably it's not going to happen now. (laughs) And frankly, if you're looking at your own flesh to make something happen, you're probably going to be disappointed. You really will. You know, I'm an old man. Well, yeah, you are, but have you considered the Holy Spirit? Wow. (laughs) And it's interesting. He basically is saying, show me a sign. And guess what the sign was? Behold, you will be silent and unable to speak. So be careful if you ask for a sign. (laughs) You want to have a sign? You're not going to be able to talk. Isn't that something? Be careful when you ask for a sign. Be careful about arguing with an angel. Not a good idea. Don't argue with God. Don't argue with an angel. Not a good idea. So you will be silent and unable to speak until the day that these things will take place because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time. There's a couple of things here. One is... If our words are not in alignment with what God is saying, we ought to be silent. Now, this is really hard for me because I'm torn between honesty and agreeing with God sometimes. You know, how are you feeling? Well, <laughs> honesty, <laughs> you know, and what God is saying. It's, it's a tough one here. But Zachariah was not lined up with what God was saying. He says, just shut up. Just be quiet. You're not going to be able to talk. That's kind of rough. But here's, this is an amazing principle here. Maybe you've never seen it before. Look at this. You do not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time. So here, let me ask you a question. We haven't been interactive enough here. So are God's promises fulfilled just because we believe them? Or are God's promises fulfilled just because he's sovereign? It's a trick question, kind of, because he does say, be it done unto you according to your faith. That's true. But there are some things that God says, despite your unbelief, Zachariah, 
despite, I know you don't believe me, but despite your unbelief, I'm going to do it anyway. Aren't you glad about that? Aren't you glad that God sometimes overrides your unbelief? Wow. Isn't that something? You know, he says, as surely as I live, all the earth will be filled with my glory. As the waters cover the sea, the knowledge of my glory is going gonna, is gonna to fill everything. Thank God that's not just based on our faith. <laughs> that's based on God says, I'm going to do it. Whether you believe it or not, it's going to be fulfilled. And when's it going to be fulfilled? This is an important part of this passage too. In their time. <laughs> Some of your promises haven't been fulfilled yet because... Not the time, you know, how about that? Wow, that's something. Help us, Lord. Well, and the P, oh, this is the most life-changing slide this, that I've had the last couple of weeks, and it's so easy to miss it. The people were waiting for Zechariah, and they were wondering at his delay. And when he came out, he was unable to speak to them. And they realized that he had seen a vision, and he kept making signs to them, and he remained mute. Oh, this will change your life. Seeing this slide, I realized what is the main cause of when I get offended at people and what have been the main reasons people have been offended at me. Okay? So look at the picture here. Zechariah is supposed to come out and give a blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make it shine. You know, all that. He's supposed to come out and give the blessing. And guess what? He couldn't do it. So he comes out and he says, and so talk about disappointment. They've been waiting a long time. They've been out there waiting, waiting in the heat, waiting in the sun, waiting in the rain. I don't know what it was, but they're waiting and he's delayed. They're kind of ticked off already. He's kind of, why is it taking him so long? And he finally comes out. He's unable to give them the priestly blessing. Some of the most painful times in my life have been when people wanted something from me and I was unable to give it to them. The people had a legitimate request, a legitimate need. Priests are supposed to bless the people. But sometimes gracious, amazing, loving people have, have wanted me to give them something and my tank was empty and I couldn't do it. Not that I was unwilling, not that I would, didn't care about them or was unloving. I didn't have it in me at that moment. Did that ever happened to you at all? And likewise, I've often been, what is the main cause of me being offended at people? Because I thought they should respond in a different way. I thought they should... They should bless me, you know. Why, why, are, why are they not blessing me? I, why is this not happening? Maybe, just maybe, they weren't able. So, I'm going to have a quick prayer of deliverance here because this is important. If you always felt like my parents never gave me the blessing, my kids are estranged, they haven't given me the blessing. My employer hasn't given me a raise, hasn't given me the blessing. It's so easy, or the pastors, we've let you down. It's so easy to be offended because somebody didn't give us the blessing. But you know, if I got to preach to those people waiting outside for Zachariah, you know what I would have told them? It's easy for me to say, but I said, you know what? You ought to get the blessing from God. If you're looking to people, even Zachariah the priest, you're going to be disappointed. You're going to be let down. You need to get the blessing from God. The Lord bless you and keep you. Thank you, Lord. Father, before we go on here, Father, I just pray for anybody today, like me, that finds themselves disappointed or offended at somebody that hasn't given them the blessing. And the person that they're looking to just doesn't have it, maybe. And so, Father, we forgive. We release those people. Father God, we release those expectations. We release those offenses. Thank you, God. Help us, Lord. Wow. Phew. Wow. That is so amazing. Help us, Lord. 
So they were waiting. He comes out. He can't speak. He's mute. He's making signs to him. I mean, there's a lot of funny stuff in this, this thing. You know, here he is doing sign language. And, oh, this is another life-changing verse. You just can't imagine. So his time of service was ended, and he went home. Okay? Zechariah went home. After these days, his wife Elizabeth conceived. Does anybody see the connection between those two verses? You see, also in this chapter, there's the virgin birth. Joseph didn't have to be involved at all. Hey, this is going to be a, the Holy Spirit's going to overshadow you, Mary. You're going to have a baby. It wasn't going to happen this time, you see. It's not going to happen. You're not going to, I don't want to break your bubble. You're not going to have a virgin birth, okay? <laughs> God's going to do something supernatural. But you know what most supernatural is? It's the super. And it's a natural. So, I don't know if you got it yet. Zachariah went home. He went home. And Mary got pregnant. You see the connection there? God was going to do his part supernaturally. Zachariah had to do his part too. Wow. That's an incredible thing. <laughs> wow. I, hopefully you got it by now. I mean, this is just this is basic biology, I'll tell you, you know. <laughs> so, and we're skipping verses 26 to 38. Maybe we'll talk about it next year. But Mary had a supernatural encounter too, and she became pregnant. But it's a whole different thing. Wow. Isn't that something? So, Mary got pregnant too, and it says in verse 39, Mary rose and went with haste into the hill country to a city of Judah, and she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby, John the Baptist, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Fill us with your spirit. The baby leaped. John the Baptist was so happy, so excited about the Messiah, the Son of God, being in the same room. Even though they were both in the womb, John the Baptist leaped. Wow. And we're going to get to it in a minute, but are we that excited? Do we still have that excitement? Do we still, Jesus is here. Do we still have that excitement? Wow. Help us, Lord. So, for behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is he who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what the Lord, what was spoken to her from the Lord. Wow, wow, wow. I mean, again, if we had some time, I could take the microphone around and say, what has God spoken to you? What has he prophesied to you? What promise has he given you that you've written in your journal? What has he said? But we also, we have to believe what he said. That there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken by the Lord. God wants to fulfill his word to you. Thank you, Lord. Now the time came for Elizabeth to give birth, and she bore a son. This is, this is real basic, okay? Even though something supernatural and miraculous had happened, and she waited a long time, guess what? She still had to wait nine months. Even if God does something amazing and great for you today, and, and, and the, you know, the baby leaps in your room, you still kind of got to wait till it develops. God's developing some things. Some of you single people, uh, God is working on that other person. You know, it's not ready yet. You know, it, it takes... Time, time for her to give birth. Help us, Lord, to wait for your time. And this is a really important thing, too. Verse 58. The neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown great mercy to her, and they rejoiced with her. And we're going to see it again in a couple of verses later. You know what? What God's doing in your life? It's not just about you. It's about the neighbors. It's about the people around you. Your testimony and what God has done, the supernatural things in your life, it's supposed to have a ripple effect. So the neighbors heard. The neighbors heard. The neighbors were involved. That's a pretty cool thing. God wants to work, particularly in this holiday season, through the neighbors. Pastor Sam talked about it last week. You know, who, who are you going to reach out to? Who are you going to pray for in 2024 that they come to the Lord? The neighbors. Wow, that's something. <clears throat> 
Oh, man, this is great, too. They came to circumcise the child. And remember, we, last time I preached, I talked about Gilgal. Some of these people were 40 years old. They're finally getting circumcised. This is the eighth day. They came to circumcise the child, and they were going to call him Zachariah after his father. But his mother answered and said, no. That is one of the most powerful words in the English language. I pray that in 2024, some of you learn that word. Let's just say it together, just to practice. No, right. Somebody wants to do something that's not the will of God, then what do you got to say? No. no. That's a powerful word. No, indeed. But he shall be called John. And they said to her, there's no one among your relatives who's called by that name. Now, here's where the, the, the neighbors are a problem. John the Baptist is only eight days old, and the neighbors are always already trying to shape his identity. He, he's going to be just, he's Zachariah, you know, he, he, Zachariah Jr., you know, Zach Jr., you know, that's who he's, he's going to be. And you got to say no. You're not going to be just like your dad, just like your mom, just like your uh, Uncle Fred, who's been incarcerated most of his life. You know, people, people want to pin stuff on us that is not God's will, you see? So be careful. The neighbors mean well. I'm sure they mean well. But in eight days, they're already trying to shape John the Baptist's life. Frankly, there's people in the school systems today that want to shape your kid's life. There's people in your neighborhood that want to shape the kid's life. And you got to be able to shape the kid's life according to the will of God. How about that? So, so she said, no. We're not going to call him Zachariah. This is not going to be second verse, same as the first. This is going to be different. And then they say, but there's no, none of your relatives. See, you're not supposed to be just like your relatives. I don't know. Hopefully that's good news to you. you know? I mean, you might have some great relatives, but there's no one among your relatives like that. Well, that's all right. God's starting something new. He's doing a new thing. How about that? And, and this, is, this is one of the most hilarious parts of, of this whole story. They made signs to his father as to what he wanted to call them. Now look. So... Zachariah's making signs because he was mute. They're making signs to Zachariah. He wasn't deaf. <laughs> they could have just talked to him. But sometimes we reduce ourselves to the same level of the people that are talking to us. And they're using, oh, oh, you know. They could have just talked to him. He could hear. He's not deaf. Oh, man. They, they made signs to his father. And he asked for a tablet. You know, here he is. He says, I, I need a tablet here. He gets his, his tablet on, and, and he says, <clears throat> J-O-H-N, John. <laughs> oh, man. So they were astonished, you know? He, they were astonished. They, they were shocked. You know, we, the, we went, when was the last time that your neighbors were shocked by what God was doing in your life? Man, <laughs> it's supposed to happen. It really is. And immediately, this is so cool, immediately Zachariah's mouth was open and his tongue was loose. When you align yourself, your faith with God, he opens your mouth again. Some of you have been silent for a long time. You've been silent in your workplace, silent in your neighborhood, silent among your relatives. He's going to open your mouth again when it's lined up with his word. Help us, Lord. His tongue was loosed. Lord, help us. And fear came upon all the neighbors. Again, the neighbors. You know, it's like, whoa, God's working with John the Baptist and his parents, and the neighbors are getting involved. This is amazing. And all these things were talked about through all the hill country of Judea. There's an old country song. I don't spend much time with country songs, but this was pretty good. Let's give them something to talk about. Any of you, any of you ever heard that song? You know, if we had more time, I'd try to find that and play it for you. Let's give them something to talk about. I mean, I'm being kind of rough on you here, but 
it's time for people in Charlotte, through this area, to talk about what's going on at MCC. The next time I share with a waiter or waitress or somebody, they'll say, oh, I heard about that. I heard about that place. Yeah, somebody else was coming. I think it was, his name was Bill. And he, you know, he, he, he was telling me about the miracles going on at MCC. We need to give them something to talk about. How about that? You know, we've been in our cocoon and stuff. It's time to break out and give them something to talk about. Let it be, Lord. And the child, John, grew and became strong in spirit. And he was in the wilderness until the day of his public appearance to Israel. It's the final verse in the chapter. This is an important thing, too. Even after your baby is born, he or she still has to be nurtured. John grew. If they just had a baby and that was the end of the story, what good would that be? It's time to nurture our babies. It's time to disciple our babies. Or a good time to plug um, Prime for Parents starting in January 11, 18, and 25. It's going to be a, a Zoom thing for parents. How do you disciple your kids? How do you bring them up so that they're strong in spirit? Wow, how do you do that? And you know, sometimes our baby, our, our vision seems to be in the wilderness for a time, but God wants us to get out of the wilderness and to be revealed. Thank you, Lord. So my prayer is for you today, that your baby, God's vision and dream for your life, will leap inside you once again. You know, 2 uh, Timothy chapter 1, verse 6, it was practically talked about in the pre-service prayer today. Not by that verse, but talk about the gifts of God. God wants to stir up. And, and Paul says in 2 Timothy 1.6, he says, stir up the gifts of God that's in you. You see, the gifts are already in you. That's the good news. <laughs> the not so good news is you got to stir them up. Have you ever had a charcoal fire in the, the old days of the grills, you know? And every so often, you got to stir it up. Or they'll go dim, they'll go dead, they'll, they'll, they'll lose their heat. Stir up the gift of God. God. The baby needs to leap again, once again, in your room. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. <clears throat> and also that you would fall more in love with Jesus than you've ever been before. You know, and I, and I was thinking, and so John the Baptist leaped when he was still in his mother's womb, when Jesus was around. And then when he was older, he said, the Lamb of God it takes away the sin of the world. He said, he must increase. I must decrease. He, he, he had that affection for Jesus. You know, we, we read that uh, thing where Jesus was coming to be baptized, and John says, behold the Lamb of God. And it's, it, we kind of think he's going to say it in like a King James kind of way. I don't know. Maybe he leaped. He said, little lamb of God. I mean, I think he was excited. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> so what does it look like to come back to our first love? I'm going to share. Yeah, there it is. I'm going to share a quick little video clip from one of my favorite Christmas movies. And this will show you. This will convict you, but it will show you. Can, can we show that, guys? Yeah. Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to Santa. <laughs> yeah, we know him, you know? Jesus is coming back again. Is anybody excited about that? Gee, <laughs> I know him. The, the son of God, the prince of peace, the everlasting father. I know him. <laughs> it's, it's something to get excited about. Thank you, Lord. Well, Father God, help us, Lord God. Restore our faith, restore our first love. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The gifts and calling, Lord, I pray you would cause them, kindle afresh those things in our lives again today. Thank you for listening to our Sermon of the Week. If you live in the Charlotte area, we encourage you to worship with us on Sundays at 10 a.m. We encourage you also to give to this ministry so we can continue spreading the gospel to our city and throughout the world. You can go to our website at missioncommunity.cc Click on the Give button and the rest is simple. Have a great rest of your week. God bless.